Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a great day today. We are here in Clover, South Carolina. It's a beautiful day. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 26 through 33 today. And this is the instructing of the disciples part three. Jesus has been instructing his disciples through this whole chapter. And over the last couple of weeks, we learned some very practical instructions, some warnings even from Christ. In week one, we learned that Jesus said, go where I send you. Listen to God's direction about where and when to go. He said, give the right message, lead with the the true gospel, not the uh, fake narratives, uh, the fake gospel that we've been seeing lately. He said, grab their attention. Maybe you should learn a new skill set to earn the right to share the gospel. He said to go with no thought of gain. Let let God provide for your needs. He taught them to guard their guard their blessing. Look at what you bless and you affirm with your choices. And he said to get away from people who reject Jesus. Let go of those lost causes. Then next week, uh, the next week, which was uh, last week, yeah, last week we read. Well, what Jesus continued on in his teachings, he said, examine your actions. You're going to be in danger. Expect legal persecution. You'll be arrested, tried, and punished. Elicit God's response. You'll be asked questions. Endure family betrayal. You'll be hated by everyone. Embrace continuous mobility. You will be persecuted and emulate your master. You will be slandered. Well, today, We're going to learn the next set of instructions. In this section, there are six more that's given by Jesus and bringing that total up to 18. As I preached in the previous two weeks, I use alliteration as a tool for note-taking and recall. By the way, the notes are in the um, description of the podcast below. You can pick those up if if you want. But today I'll be using the word be, B-E, be, to begin each of these instructions. Remember, Jesus gave these instructions before sending out the, the first witnesses, and he sent them out with the good news of his presence, and he wanted them to be fully prepared, to be equipped and ready for what they would encounter on those those missionary journeys. Now, we know from the great commission that he gave to all his disciples that, that we're on we're on a missional journey too. We're going through our life in, in with a missional lifestyle. So this absolutely applies to us. So why don't you just pray with me right now so we can hear this this next set of instructions to apply this missional living, this missional lifestyle to us. Pray with me. God, I ask that you'd open your word to us. Help us to understand, to apply these things to our hearts. We want to learn something new today because we want to be effective. We want to be efficient. Uh, we want to want to do your mission right. So God, teach us today. And I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so let's look at verses 26 through 33 of Matthew chapter 10. Follow along as I'm reading. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Are not, and if one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? Oh, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, good teaching. And now you know, because I'm not editing that out, that as this comes out, this is what you get. I don't edit any of these uh, any of these these videos, these podcasts that I put out for you. All right, so number one, number one, be transparent. Transparency is a is a it's a go to word. It's a popular word these days. Politicians and CEOs speak of it all the time, but you know, few actually live it out. They they don't. They can't live it out in that world. I, I mean, think if you want to be transparent in public matters, but not. Not all not all decisions and plans can be public matters. At some level, there must be some secrets in both politics and in business. But everyone touts the need for transparency and more transparency. We all need transparency. All, all leaders know the value of that, at least uh, the message of that to the ones that they're leading. But But that's politics. That's business. Jesus knew... He knew the absolute necessity of transparency in our missional living message. What did he say? For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. For I tell you in the dark, and what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you've heard whispered, proclaim it to the housetops. You see, in the end, everything will come to light. Everything's going to be made open, be made plain for everyone to see and understand. All hidden actions, all hidden motives, thoughts, words, all of that's going to be exposed. And I got to be honest. I, I want to be real honest with you. That's that's more than a little disconcerting. Everything is going to be made known. So so Jesus told his disciples to speak openly and honestly about what he had spoken to them in private. To fail in that in that spiritual transparency would mean to hide the message of Christ. So here, here's the truth of it. People, people need to see Jesus in you. People need to hear from Jesus through you. Think about this. It'll be an awful thing to stand before God knowing the message of the true gospel, knowing that you had the responsibility to take that message to your circles of influence and being unable to account for for why you didn't share the, the one true message of salvation. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the response when that little tidbit of information is made plain if you fail to share it? And it's going to be made plain. I mean, let's go ahead and just get that through our head. And you'll end up looking selfish and unloving if you did not share it as a Christian. Jesus told his disciples from day one that it's better to share the gospel with full transparency it's better to do that now than to cower under the guilt of selfishly holding on to that message in the end. We're, we are to be transparent when living missionally. Next, Jesus instructed his disciples to be bold. That's number two, be bold. Look at the first part of 26 and the first part of 28. So have no fear of them. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. As he mentioned earlier in this teaching, Jesus knew that his disciples might be intimidated about showing up in, in front of those important people. Remember what he said? Jesus said, you'll stand before governors and kings and religious leaders in their synagogues. You're going to have a given account for spreading the gospel. Look, when you think about it, this this really is a 
It really is a strange response by humans. I, I know that punishment had a lot to do, um, you know, with, with the, the fear of punishment had a lot to do with it. But even people themselves are, are enough to make us fearful. You know, you've heard this. I can't voice my opinion to him. He's a doctor. I can't stand in front of the church. There's a lot of really, uh, you know, good people there. I, I can't ask her out. She's way out of my league. <laughs> Right, people are scared of other people. And regarding, you know, sharing matters of faith, we might be tempted to be scared of people too. I, I can't email them and tell them that he's wrong about abortion. He's a congressman. I can't confront my teacher about evolution. She's a professor. I can't teach that 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 Bible study class. What if the pastor's in there? <laughs> so, you know, just like a child burying her her face behind the mother's leg, you know. When, when you walk up and speak to them, we all cower sometimes. We, we cower when we're standing before some people. Jesus knew this. He knew our propensity to do this. So he told us that people are just people. Look, that, that doctor is a person who gets sick too. That professor is a person who makes mistakes and gets it wrong too. That pastor is a person who needs to learn about faith too. And as for little miss, it'd be a miracle if she said yes to me. Well, she's a person who's just a person. I mean, she wakes up in the morning and her breast smells like a buffalo walking backwards, right? She wakes up to that too. So don't kid yourself. All of these powerful, these smart, these beautiful people are just people. Jesus also said people have zero control over your, your eternity. Zero control over your eternity. Yeah, they can kill your spirit. Yeah, they, they can kill your esteem. They can kill your physical body. But they have no control over your eternity. They have no control over the destiny set for you. That, that is something that a person cannot control. So why are we afraid of talking to people about the message of salvation? I hear it all the time. I might get it wrong. I don't know enough. I might sound stupid. What if I get rejected? Well, for what? They're just people just like you. But here, catch this. You have the message of eternal salvation. It was given to you by Jesus, the co-creator the co-creator of the universe. So be bold. I love that long, that, that line that we sing in our praise songs. Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me. You ever heard that? Well, go and tell what you've been told to tell. You got to do that. They're just people and they have no control over your destiny. Next, Jesus said, be fearful of God. Look at the second half of, of 28. Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Yeah, they can end your life, but God can end your life and destroy your soul. Oh, now if you're looking for something or someone to fear, if you're looking for someone to be afraid of, God is it. You should be afraid of God who can send you to hell. Here's what boggles my mind. Maybe this boggles your mind too. The same person who refuses to argue for the truth in the presence of intimidating people will stand up in front of God and say, nah, I, I, think, I think this is a better idea for me today. <laughs> That's lunacy. And Jesus knew that his disciples, being people, would suffer from such bouts of lunacy. Everyone, everyone here, everyone listening at some point in their lives will say, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable explaining repentance to the leader of a Hells Angels biker club. Yeah, I'd be a little scared of that too. 
But but the same person who says that, the same person who says that knows that sin makes sovereign God angry and chooses to go ahead and, and cheat on that test or lie to that spouse or sleep with whomever they want. Do, do you see what I mean? That's lunacy. The truth is people do not want to submit to the sovereignty of God. Look, Jesus wasn't talking to unbelievers here. He was talking to hand-picked, all-in disciples. Jesus knew that those elected ones were, were prone to be fearful of people and unfearful of God. They needed to be reminded that only God is holy. He will not put up with sin. They need to be reminded that only God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants with anyone he wants at any minute that he wants to do it. So Jesus tells them, don't fear man. He's limited. He's limited in what he can do to you. Fear God. He can do so much more. Next, Jesus instructs his disciples to be aware, to be aware of your worth. Be aware of your worth. What did he say in verses 29 through 31? Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall into the ground without your father? Apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Look, sparrows are less than a dime in a dozen. They're, they're everywhere. And yet God controls the timing of, of, of their death. Wow, Jesus told told them something remarkable here. Even the number of hairs on their head is controlled by God. Now, don't get the wrong message. God's not sitting up there saying, you know, let's take Joe down to 326 a day. He's got that really long one that he could swirl over that beautiful dome that I gave him anyway. So he's okay. Take him down to 326. But let's increase Mike to 1948. His chrome dome's just beat up and nasty. So let's go ahead and increase him. He's not up there doing that. Jesus is not saying that the Father's doing that. Jesus means that, that God is concerned about the life and death, the life and death of insignificant birds. How much more is he is he concerned with the smallest parts of our lives? You, you can boldly speak the gospel truth because God thinks that highly of you. He gives you the opportunity to join with him in his mission to carry out that mission and grow his kingdom. Wow. Wow. He here, here's something humans have forgotten. Okay. People have intrinsic value. Do you know why approximately 20% of students are cutting themselves today? You know why 20% of high school students have contemplated suicide? And, and, and do you know why suicide rates are doubled in the LGBTQ community? You know why 40% of transvestites have attempted suicide? Do you know why 50% of sexually diverse people have been threatened with violence? Do you know why there's over 70 million abortions performed every year around the world? Because people assume that other people have no value. They, they actually think that if they're gone, the world will not even notice. No one would even care. That's horrible. And that is a lie from the devil. That's straight from Satan. Listen, John, Genesis 1.27 says, God made man in his own image. Jeremiah 1.5, I formed you in your mother's womb. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son to them. Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Romans 5.8, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. And John 11.35, when Lazarus died, Jesus wept. 
God screams from the Bible, I made you. Quit cutting yourself. You're valuable to me. Jesus' action screams from the Bible, stop trying to kill yourself. I died so you can have eternal life. You are valuable to me. And Jesus literally cried when Lazarus died. He had value. People have forgotten that they have value. They've forgotten that God considers them to be so worthy, so worthy of his son, enough to die for. Disciples of Jesus on mission might might get low from time to time in their ongoing persecution from others and, and forget that they have no value. So Jesus reminded us of our worth. You're valuable. Next, Jesus says, number five, be outwardly connected to God. What did he tell his disciples in verse 32? So everyone acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Look, if you're a disciple living missionally, you have you have to be outwardly connected to God. It's impossible to be a disciple of Christ sent to win the world and do so without showing a personal connection to him. You can't do it. You cannot do that. People will not turn to Christ if they see no benefit in it. Look, in a few weeks, my family will be making their annual trip to Fripp Island, you know, for our our once a year week of not so restful vacation. And I can stand here and tell you that the island is wonderful. It's awesome. It will change your life. Everyone should go to Fripp Island. But if I told you that and you were interested, you would probably ask me questions. You would ask, what's it like? What do you do there? How much does it cost? How how do you get there? Is it far? You would want to know my experience on Fripp Island before you decide to go there. And then you're probably going to even go and check out some photos on the Internet. And you're going to ask other people who have been there. Experience and pictures would be a, a big, a, an integral part of you making your decision whether or not you want to go there. Look, people do that with salvation, too. They, they, they do something very similar when contemplating the lordship of Jesus. When you're on mission, people will want to see in real life what Christianity looks like. People need to see public declarations. People need to see lifestyles of the disciples. To truly be a disciple on mission, on mission with Jesus, requires publicly living out your faith. It's not enough. It's not enough to have Jesus inside of you. People can't see what's inside your spiritual guts, but they can hear your stories. And they can see your faith in action. And they can benefit from your joy and your strength in the Lord. Those are real and effective. Those are effective stories for the mission. Notice the personal benefit of living missionally in such a public way. What did he say? I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. You see, heavenly citizenship is political. It's who you know that gets you in. So you need to be outwardly connected to God. And finally, Jesus says, be warned about outwardly denying Jesus. Look at verse 33 again. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Remember what Jesus said earlier? He who endures to the end will be saved. We, we, we look at a whole, uh, a whole lot of scripture. We take it together to understand what it means. We don't read things out of context. So this this, we take this to mean that, that everyone saved will remain faithful. Everyone who, who did not remain faithful was not a person of faith in the first place. 
Look, Jesus is talking to the disciples. True disciples will never deny Jesus and lose their eternal salvation. They won't. Did Peter? No. He denied Christ. Did he lose his salvation? No. Did Judas? Well, yeah. Judas did, but he was never all in in the first place. He used to rob from them. He was just there to, you know, say he was with the master, right? So Jesus is warning his disciples who were there in name only. Now, you, you don't, you know that some people say they're, they're Christians just, just to have the name, right? You know that some people say they're, they're Christians just for the club benefits, just for the association, but they're not all in. You can tell by their actions. And, and Jesus, of course, can tell by their heart, but you can tell by their actions. Those kind of people need to be warned. People need to know what grave danger they face apart from a real relationship with Jesus. All people need to hear this. Everyone. Because as alarming as Revelation 21.8 is, you know, Revelation 21.8, but as for, for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. As, as alarming as that is, Matthew 7.21 is so much more. It says that on that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do mighty works in your name, and then I'll declare you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. All people need to hear the grave danger of living apart and not having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, why do you, why do you think I preach so hard? Why do you think I, I warn people of that, that verse so often? Because everyone needs to hear that message. Everyone needs to be warned about outwardly denying Jesus. Look, when things get tough, and they do, don't deny Jesus. There's a price to pay for that. For Christians, the price is seen in what happened to Peter. He was miserable for days. It wasn't until he experienced the restoration of Jesus that he had any relief from that guilt. For non-Christians, there's eternal punishment to, to, to pay. The Bible's clear. All those who deny the lordship of Jesus in their lives will go to hell. People need to know what grave danger they are in for denying Jesus. So that's the list this week. Six more bits of instruction. Be transparent. Be bold. Be fearful of God. Be aware of your own worth. Be outwardly connected to God and be warned about outwardly denying Jesus. Christian. I encourage you to take these instructions seriously. Vow to live missionally li missional lives, you know, missionally even, even more intentionally this week. Christian, take these things to heart. There's so much work to do. Non-Christian, would you submit to the Lordship of Jesus today? You have worth. You have worth, and I can prove it. Jesus died for you. Would Jesus have died for a loser? No way. And the scriptures teach that Jesus died for you. You have worth. And because you have worth, you have been warned. Look, you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, you're in danger. You're in danger of the fires of hell. I, I want to encourage you, submit to the Lordship of Jesus today. If you'd like to have a conversation with me about that, just simply email me, Mike 
at FBC Clover, as in First Baptist Church, fbcclover.com. And I'll be glad to talk with you about that and introduce you to Christ and start you out on that relationship with him. But you got you to gotta step out on faith and, and reach out to me. I'll be glad to share that with you. Well, I hope you have a great day today. hope that was a blessing to you. And I'll come back with another teaching from God's word next week. But until then, be blessed. Remember, if you're walking with God, he is very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.